the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Ten of the best, Scotland are elite and Italy get their comeuppance. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday the 16th of November. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Pete Donaldson. And I'm Luke Moore. Hard to sit still today, really, this fine Tuesday. Hard not to be dancing around the studio, Luke and Pete, because yes... England have qualified for the World Cup. It was touch and go, wasn't it? <laughs> touch and go for a while. Well, those Albanians, they did beat Hungary home and away. I've I, had I, my doubts. I think you two exerted more effort debating whether you did an easy at the start of the show than England had to yeah. in 90 minutes of football, to be quite frank. I don't know if those players waking up this morning will remember if they've been in the game or not. Yeah, I, no ice baths. No point in no, no point. point in ice baths. No point in getting... If they're getting, doing that, if they're doing ice baths, it's only in case the San Marino players see them and they don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah, okay, that's Just fair. Just keep up yeah. appearances. It, 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 don't touch it. It's actually that quite warm. It's actually quite yeah. lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like the idea of that. The little, like, disguised ice bath. Did you enjoy mm. the game, Mace? Did I enjoy the game? Yeah, that, that's just a repeat of the question. <laughs> is, the, is the Pope a Catholic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. I, I Look, you're going to tell me that you think it's a waste of time. You're, you and Michael Owen are going to sit there and say... Give oh, a that's shit. Cold. That's cold. All that's these, cold. All yeah. these She's tied me in with Michael Owen. That's now I've got rude, no room to manoeuvre. <laughs> does, it's does, very clever. Does Michael Owen think he can slink back to Newcastle after yeah. those comments? <laughs> yeah. After he just like gave up his Newcastle career to play for England? Yeah. You're going to tell me that it's not a big deal to put 10 past away, I should add. Away. Past yeah. the, uh, the lowest road. ranked yeah. uh, men's football team in the world. You're going to tell me that's not a big deal. But frankly, guys, it's the first time England have scored nine in 39 years. It's the first time they've scored 10 in 57 years. Tell me, Pete, that's not an achievement. It is an achievement, uh, but I would say Harry Kane begging Gareth Southgate, your beloved Harry, uh, mm. to play 
would speak to him chasing individual records rather um, than um, <laughs> England glory. Killer mentality. You've got to love that. Killer mentality. <laughs> got um, to love that. Shooting fish in a barrel mentality. Um, and we can only do a certain amount of a length of time of show today because we've got to cross live over to Michael Owen Hand and his goals back against Luxembourg and Liechtenstein <laughs> that he scored during his career. Uh, Quite right. Uh, and I think he might be pushed after negotiation to yeah. hand his Azerbaijani goal back as well yes, yes um, we'll, we'll so. see Definitely. we'll wait and see uh, was that home and away because there is a travel involved the Lichtenstein one was at Old Trafford right uh, okay so technically okay. away for him <laughs> until he became a main <laughs> player um, I, I mean I don't know if that's just people in the media being mischievous about Harry saying oh, he begged to to, to start I don't think Harry Kane's ever begged Gareth Southgate for anything I don't think it quite works like that no because begged makes it sound like he's on his knees going if you don't give me a start Charlie's coming in <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, he's done a lot of begging recently yeah, hasn't yeah. he he's probably quite practised yeah. to be fair maybe it was Charlie doing the begging but look I, I, look I think that the problem is playing a team like San Marino it's so easy and it's that they're such lowly opposition that it's not even a really a confidence boost for them. Mm. I mean, they're going to be playing, it's going to be harder in training for them. That you watch it, and if you've watched football for a while or you know anything about football at all, and possibly even if you don't, it's not really a spectacle. It's a bit like, mm, what are we, what's, what who's are we benefiting watching, yeah. from this? So, of course, it's a not headline. The keeper. That, no. <laughs> the keeper had a torrid night. If anything, he's at least kept busy. He's, he's, he feels like <laughs> he'll he's need, some, He'll need a nice bath. He's got, yeah, he's got some Sisyphean purpose at yeah, least. Yeah, okay. Uh, but other than that, I think, I mean, Rams start to make one save, which is quite exciting, but mm. that was the only thing. <laughs> yeah, well, and Harry Kane, you know, over to Jimmy Greaves, as he did. Um, and, I mean, he's, he's had a glut, hasn't he? For In the, the year of Jimmy Greaves' death, that is disrespectful. That is disrespectful. Yeah. Or you could yeah. say it's the ultimate sign of respect, isn't it? No, what, still disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we, we probably need to take in the main talking points, which is the the disallowing of that Jude Bellingham goal. For <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely hit, to be fair. Oh, it's it was a lovely hit. It was straight hit, in the middle it? of the goal, but still. At one point, one of the San Marino defenders actually threw his hand up in the air to try and stop the ball. <laughs> yes. It's like. You mean, it's not dodgeball. No, very disappointing <laughs> to see that. You're not even helping yourself there. They no. were down to 10 men also by the yeah. end of the game. Okay, look, so point taken. We've enjoyed it. Three points taken, actually. Yeah. Ten, fucking score 10. Yeah. Get three points for that. Damn right. And Only also, three goals conceded. Honourable mention for the graphic, probably. That didn't yes, work. the graphic. Yeah, they're, they're not designed for to, to, to have the capacity for, for, for double figures, do they? Are they? It's like when it goes up to 100 minutes on the clock. Yes. Oh. Some graphic person out there shitting mm. themselves, thinking, is this going to work? Like the Millennium Bug. Isn't it? <laughs> it is like the Millennium Bug, but you know what? They're yeah. probably just quite charmed by it because not often do graphics really call attention to themselves. So if no. you're the graphics guy, you're probably sitting there thinking, yeah. No, but it's not like being a referee. If you've it's done, nice a, no one notices you if you've done a good job. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah. Mm. But, but if England have qualified, I mean, we should probably say that. <laughs> That's that's a big deal, right? I've been saying it for the last. I've been. I wasn't listening. I, I wanted to just do forty-five <laughs> minutes on that. Just us repeating that and singing a little song. <laughs> a little song. The way you said that was like you've written one yourself. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Actually, I just give me yeah. two minutes. I just want to go and get my violin. Uh, yes, good point. All right, fine, fair yeah. enough it, it, to say that this is not the most torrid test that that England's men will face um, in their lives. No. So perhaps it's more a case of looking back at their qualifying campaign and, mm. and talking a bit more about what sort of shape they're in. I, clearly, it's a good thing to be unbeaten. I can't help always considering that 20, was it the 2013 uh, qualifying campaign where we didn't lose a game and then got knocked out after two games in the World Cup. So I'm not sure yeah. it's necessarily the one that, that paves the way so beautifully. And perhaps that feeds into the question of, 
uh, how useful this all is. How, how useful do you think this has been in understanding where we are now? Um, I mean, I think it's just nice to see an England side that are kind of hitting their stride, so to speak. The stride of the side. Mm. Um, Spain are on their way up. That's Portugal, the second verse of the song, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Portugal are probably going the other way. Italy are creaking a bit. They're hanging their goal threat on people like Immobile and stuff like that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how, how that all pans out. And I say that pretty much every week. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future because none of us can predict it. But it, but it's like, like what you said um, on Friday, Luke, I think it was either Thursday or Friday, um, the FA's plan A, B and C is to keep Gareth Southgate. Yeah. It sounds like he, he may be signing another, another two-year contract extension. Um, but it's good that at least Gareth Southgate has a plan for the future, a plan for a succession, effectively. To, we can't have Gareth be Southgate in. being the England manager and it's like some kind of Coca-Cola recipe. Where <laughs> yeah. All the knowledge dies with him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he needs yeah. to be protected at all costs, if that's the case. <laughs> I, I, we, we had a little slight disagreement on Friday about the idea whether, I think it was Vishnai, about whether we should be seeing someone else alongside Gareth Southgate in the setup mm. with a view to succeeding him. Now, I understand why that could potentially fence you in with a selection or with a, with a candidate to, 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 to succeed him. But you kind of really want to be thinking about that because regardless of this game last night, England have got some amazing players. Yeah. But they've had amazing players before. You talked about the 2014 qualification. Yes. England had Sam Marino in that group. Then as well, and Poland. Yeah. And I think they beat San Marino 8-0 away that, that time. With good memory, yeah. yeah. This and, is exactly right. And then they were terrible in the, in, in, in the tournament. The reason they weren't great in the tournament, lots of different reasons. Perhaps they were in a very tough group and they had a manager maybe who wasn't quite as dynamic as Gareth Southgate is now. My in point the qualifying, is, they drew with Montenegro and Ukraine as well. So, it, you know. But they remained unbeaten, right? Correct, yeah. and, and And I suppose what I'm trying to say is that England have had good players in the past. And what's happened is you they've chucked all their lot in with one generation, mm. called them the golden generation before they've even won anything. And I know that was a media construct, but it still happened. And then we had to be in the doldrums for quite a long time after that. And before that, when it happened post-1990. So, so look, there was, there's got to be some kind of elimination of this boom and bust cycle. Mm. And I think Southgate is doing a good job of doing that by bringing these players in and giving them some experience. But... It wasn't a great advert for international football last night. That's not the England team's fault. Um, and it's good to see these other players coming through. Not a great advert for the men's game, actually. And we'll, uh, we'll plug that women's football show, will we, later Later, on? yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I suppose, Luke, you'd say maybe, in addition to the thing about travelling with the England setup and all that, that there is some benefit to be had if you're Emil Smith-Rowe for scoring yeah. your first international goal. For him, I think, yeah. Because... I don't know. I mean, this is obviously a psychological exercise, but presumably the, the, the pressure or the idea of getting your first goal could weigh heavy on you if you um, were in a more difficult well, probably, game. Possibly not from Emmett Smith-Rowe's position, though, no, on, the, sure. on the field. I mean, he's, Bad he's example, not, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's a terrible example because Jordan Henson waited ages for his first goal for him. Yeah. And now he's got two. It became a thing, and now he's got two. And, and the second one was very close, nearly taken away from him as well, which I felt bad for him. Um, but, but look, yeah, in, in Smith-Rowe's case... It's great to get off the mark with a cap uh, or a start or whatever it was. It's great to get off the mark with a um, with a goal. But aside from that, I I I I really would love someone to tell tell me what who is benefiting from this. Mm. Who is benefiting other than Harry Kane's goal record? And that's not to that's not to criticise him individually because all the great goal scorers in international level have had their record padded to some extent. Ali Dice certainly did. Cristiano Ronaldo oh, certainly they, has. Yeah. So I'm not going to criticise him personally for that. But other than that. What's the benefit of this? I know we've had some um, improvements in the international setup as far as the minnows are concerned with things like the Nations League, and I think that's a really positive move. 
I just don't really know if this kind of stuff's worth it. San Marino aren't learning anything from it, and, and, and England certainly aren't either. So to me, it just feels like a free hit. You get six points at the start of the group if you're lucky enough to be drawn in that, part, in, in that group. It's a bit weird. Yeah, hopefully we'll... T- yeah, good point. Hopefully we'll uh, talk a bit more about this kind of depth question as well, which we've, we've, which we've covered there. And, and important, clearly, uh, we're going to talk in the second half about the World Cup generally, important, clearly, to have depth, given that, as either of you mentioned, I can't remember, um, it's going to be mid-season the yeah. Qatar 2022. So, uh, yeah, speaking of legendary strikers, before we moved on, move on to the Scotland game, which was immense, it was amazing. by the way. Mm. Andy Carroll is back. He's Andy just, Carroll. He's joined Reading on an initial two-month deal. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You must be pleased to see him getting the plaudits. I just want to see how many extra hoops they're going to have to put on the shirt. I'm going to count them. Because <laughs> yeah. he's a very long a man, point, isn't actually. he? Yeah. Will they widen the hoops or increase the, 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 the frequency of them? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Are they requisite numbers of hoops on a shirt? I, I, I think, think it's going to be long. The timeline we're on with football means that surely... Andy Carroll's going to have an extraordinarily successful loan spell, score loads of goals, and the first Newcastle United regime, new regime signing is going to be Andy Carroll. Again. <laughs> yes. the, the forthcoming, or whatever it is, of Perhaps Carroll. Perhaps he heralded it with his photo that he posted announcing that he was joining Reading with the caption, let the fun and games begin. It's not what you hear, Andy. Fun games. Yeah, not let what the hear. fun games. They've got a purple turtle, a walkabout, and a pop world in Reading. Yeah. I'm ready to get started, guys. <laughs> Scotland beat Denmark. 2-0 John Suter and Shay Adams with the goals in that mm. one Adams a beautiful goal Suter great to see him score after he's had what nearly three what looked like career ending injuries yeah. he's got half a good Achilles in there <laughs> it's unbelievable <Suter>. it's unbelievable <laughs> it's so great to see him play full stop and then to get that goal it's pretty emotional as well uh, so that means that Scotland seal sec- a seeded spot in the playoffs for the World Cup in front of a, of course in front of that Glorious full house at Hamden. I mean, this yeah. was an actually extraordinary. Tears it was it people's faces. It reminded me of when I was when I was uh, in, in sixth form. The most unassuming wallflower uh, young, young lass uh, from my class got up and went for uh, guys and dolls. Right. Got one of the lead parts and sung uh, one of the songs from Guys and Dolls. Yeah. Uh, um, I think it was um, Bushel and a Peck. Right, and she had the most beautiful singing voice, but no one else had heard her sing no before. One knew. And I was like, oh. and I was watching that performance last night, and I was like, where's that come from? It's Garth <laughs> playing the drums in Wednesday too. <laughs> it is. Although to pay homage, they've had a, they a good campaign. To they be have fair. a good task. Eventually, cousin, though, we, six straight wins, is it not? Yeah, but like it's Denmark. Like, <laughs> they conceded the goal until now. <laughs> With Schmeichel in net, like it's incredible. Making like, they, some incredible saves as well. <laughs> and then, were, like, and, and and Scotland's goalkeeper had one save to make, and that was brilliant. Oh, yeah. so good. With that in that what coming up to the hour mark, that was so. Oh well, that was an offside one, wasn't it? That was such a good right. save. Ali McCoy said, "I liked him on commentary." Oh my god. Like him on comms, but I like the way on comms at that particular moment I'm thinking of. He said, Good save, good save. Like he was sort of psyching himself up to yeah, make that save. save. That was fine. <laughs> Ali McCoy's was, I mean, on a night where every single person playing for Scotland absolutely excelled themselves and put in a performance for the ages with an amazing atmosphere and an amazing performance, Ali McCoy's was somehow still the standout performer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, has he ever had a better night at work than last night? And when they scored the second one, he just went off mic and you could hear him in the background going, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it was it was incredible. It was incredible. They played some amazing stuff. And, and, um, and a bit we'll talk about Denmark having a lot of in, like, injuries and, and a lot of players out. Like Scotland had Hanley, Henry, McTominay unavailable for selection. Like yeah. they were pretty decimated as well. I, 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 th- I think they were. I, th- I think you're right. I think Scotland were absolutely superb. I think they're building something really special there. Mm. I think it was an absolutely textbook performance because 
Denmark came out a bit when they were a goal down because mm. well, they've already qualified. They, they, they're proud of their record and rightly so. And they were great in the summer. So they're a good, you know, a, a team who's used to winning. And then the way Scotland picked them off and that Shea Adams finish. I said last week, Adams can be a really crucial player for Scotland. He's not an elite striker, but he's he's big enough and strong enough and he can finish and he can occupy defence defences. He can give him something to think about. And the way he finished that goal last night, it was just oh. the icing on the cake. It was fantastic mm. to watch. And it does mean something for Scotland now. Like you say, they're now seeded in the playoff. And I'll tell you what, there is no team that can qualify for that second place playoff situation that wants to go to Hamden Park after that. No chance. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see what happens. Yeah, mm. so seven, what it means in terms of the qualifiers now, it's at this point as we speak to you today on Tuesday, seven groups are now complete. Three groups are decided tonight. In terms of Europe generally, 13 nations qualify in total. That's the most of any federation. And, and the, at the start, it was 55 teams. Uh, mm. in the group stages and the three nations come through these semi-finals in March. I'm just saying this to make the point that they're on a roll, they're building something special as Luke says, mm. but it is still a pretty tough yeah. ask, yeah. especially as we're just going to get on to Northern Ireland nil, Italy nil, come on, you're just a shit San Marino. <laughs> um, when, you know, when we talk about that, there's some pretty tasty little bunch of teams in the playoffs mm. going into this one, right? Like the guy suggested though, Portugal as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, forget them. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> they're just here to ramp up Cristiano Ronaldo's goal scoring record. Eh? One of the yeah, one of the you difficult one of the difficult things is that um, is that they've now made qualification for the tournament so complicated that it's really tough. Mm. You need some kind of statistical analysis degree to actually work it out. I right? actually agree with that. Yeah, because there's also the two Nations League spots yeah. in the playoffs, yeah. and they're definitely not seeded, but they could also be Wales, even though Wales play and could yeah. finish second. The, the official website detailing how things are qualified and the current positions people are in uses so many different colours for colour codes. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite painful on the eyes. Yeah. And I mean, there's little brackets with letters got. and all sorts. Yeah. yeah, it's mad. It's, it's absolutely mad. Could you write it all down on John McGinn's bum? Could, could you? Could you? Is that the is that the most is that the biggest bum you could think of right then? Well, he's notable. He's notable got a big bum, hasn't he? Because he protects the ball so much. Oh, I see what you mean. Nice. You could do that with not a large bum. It could be more about how you... How you use it. How you, yeah. <laughs> how you write it. The greatest bum in his, football history is Kenny Dalglish. You've yeah. never... I've never seen... Go back and watch... If you're too young to watch Kenny Dalglish play, which I sort of am, go back and watch <laughs> yes, YouTube you videos. Are, no, watch YouTube videos of Kenny Dalglish. He, the way he protected the ball with his ass was mm. extraordinary good. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, Northern Ireland, come on, let's give them some credit yeah. before we, we got, get into all this they're bum in the chat. They're in the, they've, got, they've got a lower billing than Kenny Dalglish's arse. I'm sorry about that. No, I, 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 you've done that. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't support that. They played, they played 10 buttocks at the back and tried to hit Italy on the break. 20 buttocks. 20 buttocks. Hang on. It's not one buttock per arse, is it? No, it's five, two buttocks. They were playing five, five at the back, didn't they? Oh, sorry, okay. They were officially behind three, the but they ball. played five at the I'm back. I thought, you they, meant, yeah. I thought you meant every single player was behind the ball. Yeah, no, which no. is a bit disrespectful also. Because there'd be 11, wouldn't it? Yeah, true to the bum thing yeah <laughs> there was 44 buttocks on the pitch <laughs> some of them are better than others yeah yeah <laughs> do you think no you, we can't judge them independently can we no, really? I don't think so it's it's like a, a pair of shoes yeah. it was a package you can't just buy one, one shoe I'm in a cul-de-sac I don't know how to get out Pete save me <laughs> in a buttock cage. she's looked to Pete yeah that's how desperate she that is that is law that is law Kate I'm afraid uh, that's incredible performance by Northern Ireland as well yeah I mean, I mean Italy I, I, they have a lot of injuries, but, but Mancini, they should be able to get through with that. Yeah, Mancini said, "Oh, we struggle, we struggle for goals and everything." If you look at their record, I suppose they kind of have done. I mean, but Switzerland have only scored two more goals than them in qualifying, and then Italy, I guess, will look to that one or draw at home to Switzerland in the group that possibly hurt them, and then I think they drew with them away as well. 
So they didn't actually manage to beat Switzerland at all, which mm. would have hurt. If you, if you only win four of your eight games and, and you've got Lithuania in your group and Northern Ireland with respect to them in your group, they'll be disappointed, of course, especially given what happened in the summer. Mm. But Northern Ireland were good. They were, they'd they stuck were to their good. task. They, they, they had a few chances of their own. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of... Because it, it's really difficult to analyse as a game, right? Because Italy knew that really they needed to do something. So they, they started chucking everything forward, didn't they? And then Northern Ireland were able to kind of have a little bit of joy here and there in the, in the gaps that were left behind. I thought, again, every time I see him, Federico Chiesa was fantastic, probably oh. man of the match, the most positive forward you will ever see. Like every single time he gets the ball, he just goes on a beeline towards the goal. And there's a lot to be said for that. Not overcomplicating things when you're playing in that position. Also, the player, one of the players who looks the most like someone you probably went to school with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he does a bit. <laughs> I, I see what you mean. Yeah, he's yeah. got a very generic face. Mm. Yeah. And that's me saying that. <laughs> and that's sat next to Pete, who I looks know. like everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we tweeted that we're over it. I'm not over it, obviously. No. no. About the Euros. Yeah. Mm. I'm not saying it's nice to see the scathing headlines in the Italian press mm. about um, it being ugly. And it being a nightmare, mm. and Jorginho <laughs> missing a penalty. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I enjoyed the Northern Ireland performance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you think I think it's tough to say at this point, as you've already said, uh, Kate, as we record today. You, you'd think that Italy would be a good have a good chance of going through in the playoffs, but you always get these big, high-profile victims in the qualification process for major tournaments. It happens less often now in the Euros because it's a bigger tournament, mm. but there are teams that miss out, and obviously we've seen England miss out in the past. So, you know, they'll be, they've still got work to do. They've still got a job to do, and they've, they're going to have to score goals in this, um, in, this, um, in this playoff as well. Italy and Portugal now in the playoffs then as seeded teams. They have to overcome a single-legged semi and a final also seeded. Yeah. Scotland, of course. Yeah. All right, time to revel in that. We'll get to a break. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online 
Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories in women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today... From my own experiences of of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production. All the way across, Townsend. Oh, one more. My oh my. My sweet grandma's apple pie. <laughs> uh, American yeah. commentary, everybody. Yeah. He says my sweet grandma's apple pie, but I wonder if he's it's the, the pie sour. My grandma's sweet, sweet apple, apple pie. pie. Yeah, Isn't it, it sounds a bit sexual. <laughs> yeah. it's my grandma's like sweet apple pie. I think it sounds more sexual the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. No, sweet grandma's fine. My grandma's sweet, sweet grandma. Yeah. <laughs> it's me and the two sweet grandmas yeah. here <laughs> with you today on this fine Tuesday. Now it's time for some emails. Always expect the next one, don't you? Yeah. The next key change. It's got that. It's got that quality that feels like it could go on forever. It like one of those like memes that could go on forever. Like when Pete uploaded eight hours of Tony Mowbray playing the saxophone to Baker Street to YouTube. Oh yeah. It took like three days. Didn't to get upload. copyright strike. <laughs> <laughs> Very bizarre. I yeah. thought it was more like the, what was what was it you were saying the other day a um, thousand times? Show it for Warrandale.com probably. Oh yeah, yeah, probably layered on um, mm. the end. The ending to the jingle. Um, we've had some great ones, by the way. Mm. The email standard has gone through the roof recently, and we thank our listeners very much for it. I am going to open with one from Matty Moreland. Hello to you, Matty. Who's in Newcastle, Pete? Up around your neck of the woods, part of the world. Um, who says on the subject of footballers being lonely in new and unknown areas after signing for different clubs? 
When Ryan Taylor wasn't training or playing, he would spend all his time in the nicest room in the hotel a couple of my friends worked at at the time and apparently spent all his time holed up in his room playing WWE on the Xbox. (laughs) He would regularly order room service and whoever delivered it would be asked to stay and give him a game of tag team or Raw Rumble. Oh, that's lovely. What a gig. There was a WCW wrestler called The Wall, so maybe that's The Wall that Ryan Taylor, remember Ryan Taylor over The Wall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's there's the link. But Pete, if you were doing, if you were some kind of a room service operative at a hotel, yeah, would you fancy playing a bit of uh, tag teams with uh, Ryan Taylor? I always find wrestling is a bit boring, a bit mechanical. I don't really yeah. sort of like sort of chime with them. Really, the greatest ever wrestling game, in my opinion, was the one you better get the arcade where it had four stations. Yeah, and it was a Royal Rumble. That's beautiful. And you could I'd always Classic. be big boss man. Anyway, you, you carry on. <laughs> I fear for the uh, the operative. Yeah, I do too. Because if you just disappear, <laughs> you know, you go to take some food yeah. and you stay uh, for 20 okay. minutes. It's rocking the hard place stuff because he's yeah. going to get in trouble with his boss, but at the same time he's supposed to keep, the, get the, a tip. Supposed to keep the hotel people, uh, the customers happy. you gotta, you got to lose either way, I guess. Yeah. I think yeah. Ryan Teller might be having a lovely time at Corn in Lancashire. Right, okay. I think, did he get through the FA Cup? I didn't recall. doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, hello to Jacob Kett. Hello, Jacob. Kett is uh, what uh, people from the North East <laughs> used to call candy, yeah. um, which is confusing. When I mean, it's completely different in London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, growing up, I lived in a housing estate right next to the Blackburn Rovers Senior Training Centre. I could see the training pictures from my window and used to watch every Mark Hughes training session I could. Just him doing volleys. Just him doing absolute yeah. vol parties. Yeah. Uh, as a diehard Rovers fan, this is an absolute dream. Whenever Whenever I could, uh, I would wait by the gates of the training ground and get players to sign anything I had. Tops, footballs, etc. One day, Microwaves. One day <laughs> I was by the training ground and cars were leaving. I walked over and a car stopped and pulled over. It was the bang average midfielder, Keith Andrews. With nothing for him to sign, I took off my Velcro white kappa shoes <laughs> and gave them to him. The look of disgust as Keith signed it still haunts me to this day. <laughs> he still signed it though. Still signed and, it. and I'll say this still back Still on the Sharpie. I'll say this for Keith Andrews. As a football player himself... He was um, f- like physically quite forgettable. Yeah, I can't remember him at when all. When he goes in the punditry, he grows his hair out a bit, he looks a million bucks. Right. Such a handsome pundit. Hope for Zorro. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think he's matured like a fine wine. And so Jacob might want to call him a bang average midfield player. I'd like to call him a particularly handsome pundit. Beautiful. There we go. One he's, got, man's he's got young Lennon's chalk hair. is another man's cheese. What goes around comes around. One man's chalk is another man's cheese, Kate. Very good. <laughs> like, that's not a saying. Then <laughs> show at footballramble.com. If you've got views on why the emails have improved in quality so much yeah. recently. Better call you a listener, I think. Email in. Yeah, I think when you joined, Kate, you, you um, expanded out our, uh, our pool. Some much needed fresh new blood. Oh, yes. And now that the cream is rising to the top. You're my favourite ones. It's not, only, it's not only you that mixes metaphors, I can do it as well, you know? Yeah, sorry, I'd like to just clarify. I meant young Stalin, not young Lenin. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Lenin famously has very thin hair. He does, yeah, yeah. yeah. Young Stalin, very famously handsome. very handsome, yeah, exactly. We're going to talk a little bit about the World Cup as a as an idea, as a concept, as an entity, as a country, I guess, for the next few minutes. Because as Conor Cody mentioned and, and as Gareth Southgate, I think, has referred to as well, the idea is that now that England have qualified, they're going to have a conversation about what kind of, I'm not sure if they use the word protest, but what kind of statement, awareness, statement, yeah. what, what they will do, what is their take on uh, the situation of... Qatar hosting the World Cup, but the, the World Cup that they now will certainly play in, yeah. be going to. And we just wanted to, at this point, um, speak a bit about that because, of course, in the run-up to the end of the qualifiers aren't quite over yet, but in the 
all of this time it's been like, there's going to be a World Cup in Qatar. Okay, what's the next thing? We'll, we'll finish the next thing. And then, you know, this World Cup, this strange World Cup is is far away. And lots of things we talked about in the past, this this idea of the, the season being bisected. For me, I'm not too fussed about that. I, I think this is a kind of Western-focused concept that, you know, other leagues should stop in the middle and no worries about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not that fair. bothered about it. Mm-hmm. In terms of the temperature, um, it, it's actually quite a reasonable temperature at that time of year. So that's actually not a problem. They're proud of their uh, special air conditioning. I guess they've got lots, lots of nice tech. I don't really care. Um, the problem that we have and that has come out again in an amnesty report, I think this morning or last night, is about the conditions of the workers who are currently beavering away um, to build these incredible stadiums, which are going to look unbelievably beautiful in some cases. They've got ones, that there's there's one that looks like a Bedouin tent. There's all sorts of incredible glamour that you'll see in Doha, presumably, mm. in, in just under a year's time. And it's tough to square those two things. The conversation about the situation of these of these workers and what this is going to look like on a global stage. And we were also thinking about, let's say England do well, because obviously the first half of this show has been all about how great it is that yeah. you know, we're going to a World Cup. Mm. We, mu- we might be one of the, amongst the favourites, Luke. We will be one of the favourites. But what, what impact does that have seeing us potentially imagine win? I mean, that's the greatest thing any England football fan could experience. Winning the World Cup in Qatar, what does that do? Well, yeah, and I think we we chatted about this briefly earlier, and Pete was made a really good point about the fact that it will um, the the attention on this will ramp up and ramp up, and the heat will get hotter and hotter between now and and this time next year because teams will know they're going to be qualifying. They'll know that they've got to have some kind of position on it, and I'm not just talking about the players, which I'll come on to in a second, but also the the associations. I mean, Amnesty are part of their report. I think they are or maybe if it's not part of the report that you referenced, they are, I know, urging the FA to kind of ask questions about this, to press on this, to work out what the hell's happening. And I don't think, to, to mention the players again, Connor Cody coming out saying what he said, clearly a socially conscious man and you know, clearly a you know, quite intelligent guy and has opinions on this, as I'm sure many of the players do. For me, of course, the most important thing is the human rights violations and the, and, and the human beings that are being asked and forced to suffer at the hands of this being being organised. But ultimately, if, you, if you, we're a football podcast, right? So if you focus on the football players, it shouldn't really be incumbent upon them to have to do this. They shouldn't have. They should be able to perform their trade and 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 play their game, knowing that the people in charge of the sport mm-hmm. they play are are doing the right thing, are handling this properly. You know, and that's not the case. So it's a really difficult position. Not as difficult as the migrant workers who were suffering, obviously, course, and to make that yeah. clear. But for us here, we love football. We love the World Cup. We love that England have qualified for the World Cup. And it's been taken from us. Yeah, we love that England will be, will be among the favourites. They will be, and they may even win it. But it's very difficult to square that with being a right-thinking human being and thinking this is unacceptable. And we've all been let down by the authorities, I think. Well, we certainly have, haven't we? I think, I think uh, certain events that have happened in the past three or four weeks has, has meant that I've changed massively on my... Oh, really? Is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think football could be an agent for change. <laughs> that's such an obvious... That's what people that. always say. They always say that. It could be an agent for... Look, let's, 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 let's change from within, shall we? Yeah. You're, you're making a joke, understand? I am making a joke. But, 
but there is some merit in that. There is some merit in if people can, if people are going there and talking about these things, and if people, you know, this is this nah, is a focus. It's never worked before, though, isn't it? It's, it's, I mean, they, 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 the wrong that, way, line, that line got drawn a, a long time they ago. They're doing it the wrong way, changed. surely. Surely you can say. You, surely you can say. If I, uh, sorry if I've misunderstood your point, mm. but surely you can say, okay, Qatar, you want to hold. Oh, the get World to Cup. that point, yeah. and then show us how yeah. you're doing it. No, if that's... you if you if you want to. We don't, we don't have to give you the prestige of a World Cup. And by the way, there are plenty of countries around the world that are far more storied in football terms and worked far harder to get um, a World Cup and never got one, like mm. Australia, for example. They don't get that as a precursor to, oh, yeah, if, you, if, if we give it to you, then you'll, you'll do what you say you're going to do. It's bullshit. So, they, should, yeah. they, should, they should fulfill the criteria first. And if they do that, then you can say that football has been an agent for change. Yeah. But in this case, it certainly That's has not. That's a good point. I suppose I was looking at it from a kind of post-fact situation. I guess I was taking it from the point that, hmm. you know, it's already been awarded and what, what happens now. Yeah, I mean, it feels like I I remember I was on remember like talk of the terrace on ESPN mm. like that was like 2012 or something. Me yeah. and you were both on it, and we were mm. talking about the 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 blooming uh, the the awarding of the World Cup and how shocking it all, it all kind of went about. And as you said uh, off air, like it it should never have been given to Qatar because the actual um, process was 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 just illegal and wrong. Um, but and and it is it's not up to the players to uh, you know to 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 come out and they have no choice in the matter they want to play for their country and how many footballs will be taking their, their um, sessions across the Persian Gulf to Doha from uh, from Dubai in November no doubt I mean every footballer worth their salt play at parties uh, in that part of the world and, and let's make it very clear the FA are going to make no statements they're going to say no, or they might make some uh, you know daff- they might they make might, a statement but that will go further than that no yeah. exactly yeah. so it, 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 it's, 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 it's all a big it's all just what, shit really isn't it? What, what, what would be interesting is if there were there was a selection, only a selection, a handful mm. of high profile players who, and I'm not suggesting that they should do this, and I'm not. It's not for me to to, mm. to make it you know, incumbent upon them to do it. But if they were to, a bit do of a it, collective, yeah, rather than just one or two. Yeah. And I wonder if it's a prime mover kind of argument here, and the whole thing might snowball a bit. And it, but realistically speaking, that's not happened so far, and I don't know if it will happen between now and then because ultimately, you know, you're asking a player really to to set fire to. The, mo- the pinnacle of their career, mm. you know, and 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 I think that's a big that's a big thing to ask. Mm. You're absolutely right to to re- raise the idea that um, the whole thing was corrupt in the first place. It's you know since proven to be um to to have been problematic both the 2018 and the 2022 World Cup bids, and there was an investigation in 2015. Everyone knows all the knows the story. Um, it's very difficult to know where it's going to go and where we're gonna where we're gonna go with this. I think I think that most people in football, most normal people in football, are in a completely invidious position, and I don't see how you get out of it without some really big changes made from the very top, or some kind of bottom-up player and supporter-focused rebellion, which I don't personally see happening. Yeah, players from the should mention players from Germany, Netherlands, and Norway have held on-pitch protests, protests against yeah, Qatar. What, what do you say? I guess briefly, guys. What what is your take on the kind of what a boundary of it, you know, because I, I hear us having this conversation. We're not laying down absolute detail about every single element that, that is why Qatar is, is such a controversial place to hold a World Cup. But hopefully you guys listening will read more about it if, if you haven't at this point. It's a very good investigation in the mail. Um, and there's a piece that we, we read also in The Guardian yeah. this morning. And of course, this Amnesty report. Uh, what would you say to those guys, Pete, who who think, well, you know, there's lots of problems in the world. Why, why is this? Why, I, I why are you whittering on about this? I don't this think there's a single developed nation that doesn't have an issue with modern slavery. I mean, so what about is probably quite valid in this case. 
but these guys are the most uh, obvious uh, proponents of it, you know, taking passports, uh, leaving people in massive amounts of debt when they do finally, uh, uh, when they are allowed to uh, leave the country, and fundamentally people dying in, in stadiums through through overwork and, and heat exhaustion and fucking kidney failure and stuff like that. It's... it's, a, it's a, this is the premier football competition and FIFA have enough money and FIFA had enough money and FIFA could tomorrow solve a lot of these problems. They've got their surplus, they've got enough cash. Like, mm. why, why Why? are their profits more important than literal people dying yeah. for football? It's... And on the whataboutery thing, if I may just fucking pick up on that, um, sure, it's important to turn the lens on yourselves when you are, you know, because no one's perfect, right? So we talk about the racism thing in football. And we say, well, we've got problems here because we have. And, you know, someone went to prison not long ago, a month ago, for some racist uh, crime against a football player. So clearly there are problems here. But if we only ever do that, mm. nothing ever changes. So it's important to acknowledge your own shortcomings. But it's yeah, we do have labour laws in, in the UK. We do have like standards that are set that are, by some measure, far higher and far safer than they have in Qatar. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean the UK is perfect. Uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not subscribing to the Richard Keyes doctrine that, you know, every single person who criticises Qatar because he's in the pocket of Qatar, mm. he has to criticise them. That doesn't get you anywhere anyway, even if some of his things may even be valid. I mean, I'm not sure if they are, but maybe they are. You have to call it out when you see it. And we shouldn't be frightened to call it out about ourselves. But clearly, as Pete said, that they're, they're the ones in the, the focus on them at the moment, and rightly so, because they're hosting the World Cup. Mm. And secondly, because they're far worse than everyone else. I don't know how many more of these reports we have to see before people who are actually paid to take responsibility and lead from the front, and yeah, we see a failure of that across the country in a lot of different ways at the moment, to do something. And so far it hasn't happened. I'm pessimistic about it happening because, you know, you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result because that's insanity. So let's see. Um, sadly, I think it's going to be another regretful chapter in, 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 in football's um, story, I'm, I'm afraid. Reports also suggest this week that that these workers who are kind of indentured, there's this whole discussion of the kafala system, and you have to have yeah. you have to have um, permission from your employer to leave the employment that you have or mm. to leave the country. And I know when I was there, so that's what two and a half years ago, the announcement was that it had been it had been rolled back, it had been ended. I still had to ask permission of my employer to leave the country. Now that was absolutely fine because mm. you know I, I was it was a Kind of, I had a Western manager. I had plenty of um, support, right? I, that's not they're not going to prevent me doing. But if if you take that and work all the way down, you can see the kind of level of, of difficulty potentially people are under. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that Qatar apparently told workers that they will leave next August ahead of the tournament. So it's another kind of function of like cleaning things up yeah. potentially, so that when the customers come in, you don't have to. When Pelle's at the airport. Saying yeah, the airport's I mean, lovely. Key, key and it, it is lovely. <laughs> key, key, you know, they Beckenbauer. do a fantastic job. These these dickheads, they all say it. Beckenbauer said it. Uh, the, mm. One of the greatest players to ever play the game, one of the most important figures in the history of this sport, says, I went to Castle, I didn't see anything. Well, of course mm. you fucking didn't. Mm. Uh, Richard Keyes, oh, come and spend three months here, you won't see anything. Yeah, you won't see anything. Because <laughs> yeah, you live in a, you there's know, not a lot of bad stuff at the Hyatt, actually. No, I've got exactly. to say, Richard, I've never... Exactly. The most I shocking thing I've ever... I saw now. No, exactly. The most exactly. shocking thing I've ever seen at the Hyatt pool is your 
topless self. <laughs> um, yeah, Thank so. you for filters. Yeah. We, we, we're right to get, I know maybe some people kind of listen, they roll their eyes and go, it's a football show, we need to listen to hear about football. This is really important stuff. It, it speaks to a lot of um, aspects of society, like football always does, and we have to keep talking about it when these reports keep coming out. We have to, we have a responsibility to amplify what the people at Am- Amnesty are doing, and I think we, we, we're within our rights to do so. And the guns will be trending us when we're talking about, you know, the, the what about it? be like, well, yeah, we're going to be covering the, the World Cup in, in, yeah. in, in the next season. It's the fucking World Cup. Like, yeah. we didn't ask for any of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. quite right. Okay. Tonight, more football. Uh, Wales go up against Belgium. Another, you know, and also, we've already talked about this in the context of Scotland. All of these teams who could be, who are competing. This, is the t- this could be the time of their life. Mm. This is yeah. the biggest achievement of their careers, potentially. Mm. So, yes, Wales go up against Belgium. If they get a draw, they could potentially secure home advantage in the playoffs. Same as Scotland. Exciting stuff. Uh, probably the most exciting group tonight, the most exciting finish is Group G. The Netherlands, Norway, and Andy Brussels, Turkey, all still able to qualify. <laughs> it's a for triple first threat. Place. It's a triple threat. It's amazing. So Netherlands play Norway at home, right? If Turkey, who are playing, I think, away in Montenegro, if they get the result they need between the Netherlands and Turkey, they could top the group. It's all to play for. It's mm. a triple threat. One goes through automatically. One goes into playoffs, and one goes home, baby. Yes. It's going to be great. Who I'm you, excited for it. Who are you backing, Luke? I'm, I'm backing Louis van Gaal on his wheelchair. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Are you oh, he's, he's best on wishes to Louis van Gaal. Yeah. He looks <laughs> terrible, guys. His he's, life he's just, is dedicated. I know you want to laugh, I but want to I'm, laugh I'm concerned he is, about how he looks like a Bond villain. He's the Larry David of football. And I think we should accept that. He's the Larry David of football. <laughs> he's got he one of those... Bike. He fell off his bike. And yeah. he's, now he's in a golf cart, a golf buggy. We've all fallen off a bike. We've all fallen off a bike. We don't get given... We're not handed out a golf buggy to do our work. He, if apparently, only. apparently it's happened before. Um, apparently he hurt himself before and he's done training before in a golf cart, which to me is maniacal. Oh, I bet he's got like, uh, you know those truck nuts you get <laughs> yeah. in the back of the cars? I bet yeah. he's got that at the back yeah. of the golf buggy. I bet he has. Yeah. I, I also think that um, it's got a big um, Bond villain element to it. Mm-hmm. They're like he's some kind of Blofeld type character, mm. just barking things out, threats from a, from a golf cart <laughs> at, at 70. Keen cyclists, though, to, to again, to support Louis van Gaal in a strange turn of events, uh, they're always getting injured. If you're a cyclist and you go around cycling all over the shop... You, Usually I don't know, fr- though, isn't it? Friends of mine, yeah. yeah. born in Amsterdam, guys, come on. <laughs> exactly, it's a home of cycling. Yeah, born, born on a bike. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, don't forget... More football to tell you about and more football podcasting. Yes, you can listen to our brand new women's football show up front every Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, unless you're listening to it tomorrow. <laughs> Today, Flo, Rachel and Chloe look back over the women's football weekend and a couple of cracking matches, including a sort of heartbreak in the North London derby. But I'm actually quite pleased about the point, as well as asking what can be done to raise a profile of the types of weekends like that going forward. Listen now on Football Ramble Presents. You can also catch the little Carragher interview if you haven't already. Yeah, you should definitely do that. It's fantastic. There's loads of great stuff in this too on Football Ramble Presents. Damn right. Um, Kate, you managed to do the whole um, Jamie Carragher interview about turning scouts as well. Yeah. Very proud of you for that. I was worried. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't listened. I Some bits I was concerned about, so I didn't actually listen to <laughs> There yeah. was rumours that Jim had said, Im. Oh, really? Im. Im. Jim's a very, a very um, pleasant man. I can imagine Jim wanting to make someone feel... Oh, right, so you've bought into that as the concept of my idiocy. Mm. Well, you introduced it to me. Oh. You got the bloody nose, and now I accept it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Luke. Well, lovely to sit with you and chat to you as always, and lovely to chat to you, listeners. On tomorrow's show, Marcus, Luke, and Lars Simpson is back. What about Pete? Nice to sit with Pete as well. Is it? I'm going to say bye to Pete as well. Oh, okay. I was going to give him his own special thing. Hold your Farewell, fire, Pete. Everyone. Hold Sorry. your fire. Okay. Hold your fire, Pete. Yeah. <laughs>
Is there anything you'd like to say? Uh, uh, I don't know. want your Amiga magazine back. Oh, can you give me my Amiga magazine yeah. back, please? Amiga addict. Luke confiscated a magazine you. earlier. <laughs> he wasn't focused. He wasn't. But you can't be reading in class. The DMA design, uh, the history Enough. of lemmings. We're going. Other DMA classics. We're going. I said you could say bye. <laughs> Go on, say bye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Luke. See ya. Thanks for listening to today's Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. Hard for us to sit still and not dance around the studio, isn't it, Luke and Pete? Because England have qualified. Oh, ah, bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's good because you went, I'm Kate Magnet. <laughs> Chris was off laughing for some reason because I'm so full of joy. That's supposed to be at 10 a.m., not 10 you 10. pricks. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.